Do you ever struggle with remembering details from your travels? Then I've got something special for you. How would you like a better way to keep track of all the things you see and experience in Scotland? A way to keep those special memories and all the details fresh for years to come. My new Scotland travel journal might just be what you need. It includes daily journaling prompts to help you start writing about your day, lots of space for doodling and notes, prompts to reflect on your trip overall, and suggestions for things to do that help you make more meaningful connections with Scotland. There's also inspiration for your travel bucket list, a map to draw your route, space to keep track of your travel details, and some Gaelic and Scottish phrases to try while you're here. All you have to do is print out the journal, fold the pages in half and start writing. The Scotland Travel Journal is the perfect companion for your upcoming trip to Scotland. Find it in the Watch Me See online shop or visit the link in the show notes. And now, let's get on with the show. Hello there, and welcome to Wild for Scotland, a podcast full of immersive travel stories from Scotland. I'm your host and storyteller, Cathy Kamleitner. Wild for Scotland helps you connect with Scotland, its people, wildlife, landscapes and histories. In every episode, I either whisk you away on a beautiful adventure or introduce you to inspiring locals and their stories. In between, I share my top tips for your own Scotland trip and how to follow in my footsteps. So lean back and enjoy. Let's travel to Scotland. Over the past few weeks, I've taken you sailing and canoeing, snorkeling, swimming and paddleboarding. We learned about peat bogs and salt marshes, seagrass meadows and beavers. And we heard from people who live all along different Scottish waterways. They shared with us their passion for nature, gave us insights into Gaelic culture, and I hope that they've also instilled some hope in you. Today we are turning our attention away from immersive water adventures and aspiring restoration projects, and towards ways in which we as visitors and travellers can experience Scottish waters responsibly. Let's start by learning about one of my favourite low-impact activities on the coast, snorkeling. Back in August, I made my way to Kirkcaldy on the coast of Fife to meet Eloise Cartner for the launch of the South Fife Snorkel Trail. Eloise works for the Scottish Wildlife Trust, an organisation that manages nature reserves across the country and campaigns for the protection and restoration of nature. One way they do this is through the development of a series of snorkel trails that showcase the diversity of life in Scotland's seas. These trails highlight places where it is not just safe to snorkel, but also where visitors can expect to see a wide range of marine species. To develop these trails, the Scottish Wildlife Trust often partners with local community groups and organisations. Here on the coast of Fife, they worked with the Ecology Centre in Kinghorn, and you'll hear a bit more about this partnership from Lyle Boyle later in the episode. As always, this episode and my trip to record it would not be possible without the support of our Patreon community. Podcasts are a little weird because while they're mostly free to listen to, 
it actually costs quite a lot of money to produce them. Imagine Netflix letting you watch their films without paying for it. Many of the podcasts you listen to are probably either funded by big production companies or they generate money with ads. Here at Wild for Scotland, we don't really do either of these things, so it's the support from our Patreon community and my own money that make the show happen. If you can spare a few pounds each month and you love listening to the show, consider signing up for Patreon and start making monthly contributions to help us keep Wild for Scotland going. You can also support for free by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or sending this episode to a friend. Now, let's get back to snorkeling. Let's hear it from Eloise, Lyle and the rolling waves of the South Fife coast. want to start us off by introducing yourself with your name, your preferred pronouns and a little bit about what you do. Sure, so my name's Eloise Cartner, my pronouns are she, her and I work for the Scottish Wildlife Trust as part of our Living Seas project. My job title is Living Seas Policy and Engagement Officer. And what does that entail? What do you do as the Living Seas Policy and Engagement Officer? (laughs) Yeah, so um, my job is very varied, which I love. We are quite a small team. There's only three of us in our team, but we do get a lot of work done. And the sort of work that I do, so a key part of my role is managing our snorkel trail network, um, which is ever expanding, which is always exciting. I also do a lot of really great like community engagement work, working with coastal communities, particularly those who are part of our network, uh, tapping in as well to the wider coastal communities network. Um, and when it comes to policy, um, we're doing a lot of work with our Oceans of Value project, which is all about um, connecting people with our oceans um, and trying to really emphasise the value of community voices in the policy sphere. So um, supporting communities to actually be part of the conversation when it comes to protecting our seas. That's amazing. And I think today is a really good example of this. We're here at the South Five Snorkel Trail launch event in Kirkcaldy, um, together with the Ecology Centre and Restoration Forth. Um, and of course the Scottish Wildlife Trust we're sitting on the beach in the sunshine (laughs) our listeners can probably hear the waves in the background and the seagulls it's a very idyllic setting I can see Edinburgh in the distance and Berwick Law and is that Bass Rock on Uh, the horizon there as well or um, at least it's one of them one of those islands off Dunbar and North Berwick so it's a beautiful place to talk about the seas yeah, absolutely. It's such a stunning day as well. Um, you just never really know what the weather's going to be like, um, especially this summer. It's been really unpredictable. Um, but yeah, it's so beautiful, beautiful part of the world to be in on a beautiful day. So Exactly. Yeah. And the local community is already getting involved. We saw a group wandering off to do a seashell survey on the beach. Um, we'll talk a bit more about kind of the different projects that are going on uh, on this coast in a little bit but first can you introduce our listeners a bit to the Scottish Wildlife Trust and what your mission is and, and kind of what your what areas you cover with your work? 
Yes, yeah, so um, the Scottish Wildlife Trust is a charity, um, a nature-based charity um, in Scotland, of course. Um, we have been going for almost 60 years now. Um, next year will be our 60-year anniversary. So look out for some really fun events next year as we celebrate our 60th anniversary. In terms of the work we do, um, it is very, very broad in terms of uh, nature protection. We have uh, a lot of terrestrial work. Um, we have our reserves and we have visitor centres and we have uh, lots of on the ground conservation projects that are based in communities, both uh, rural areas and really urban areas as well, such as our living landscapes projects. Um, we have uh, our marine team as well, which is our living seas team, which is ourselves. So we're protecting nature on land and sea. And uh, we also have those really great projects all in between that connect um, our, our, our terrestrial and marine work. So for example, Riverwoods is a new project. It's all about uh, protecting riparian woodlands um, and restoring those areas to benefit communities and nature as well. In the marine team, we do a lot of uh, marine protection policy work around marine protected area management and uh, blue carbon, things like that. And um, we also have a lot of terrestrial policy work going on as well. Um, particularly in the current climate, there's a lot, a lot happening. Absolutely. It sounds like you're really covering a really wide range of areas, not just in terms of local community engagement, but also policy engagement and levelling up and also kind of engaging people uh, on the ground and, and in grassroots communities as well, which, of course, all together is really important to, to make anything happen and to bring any about, about any change. Um, so that's really cool. And then you already mentioned one of the things that the Scottish Wildlife Trust is working on are the snorkel trails. And there's quite a few um, around Scotland listeners who have listened to season four or just there's a gannet. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. Distracted again by wildlife here. <laughs> so yes, listeners who have listened to season four and our Argyle Hope Spot episodes um, have potentially also come across the North Argyle snorkel trail as well that I talked about. Uh, lots of the sites on the trail are uh, very close to my heart and I've been there many, many times. But there are, of course, many other snorkel trails around Scotland. Can you tell us a little bit about them, where we can find them and what really they are? Absolutely. So, yeah, that was when we first met, wasn't it, Cathy, at the launch of the North Argyle Snorkel Trail uh, last summer, which was amazing. Um, so, yeah, as you say, um, we have a series of snorkel trails all over Scotland and we work with coastal communities to make these trails. So, in essence, like the, the purpose of the trails is to make oceans more accessible to more people. Um, we really want to connect people with the nature on their doorstep. Um, and we do appreciate that when it comes to what's living in our seas, it can be a bit harder often, a bit more challenging to actually understand what's going on under the water. So, we really just want to make it much easier for more people. So. Um, we highlight these really fantastic areas to snorkel, um, areas where you know we've, we've been before, we've checked them out, we know there's some really fantastic species to see there, and we look at everything from accessibility, so um, that could be things like you know paths and car parks and uh, even things like uh, public transport, electric charge points things like that. We'll uh, check the suitability of sites, make sure if they're suitable for complete beginners or if there's any areas which are, you know, for more advanced snorkelers as well. Um, so right now we have a series of, we have 10 trails right now, which is amazing. This is our 10th trail we're launching. Let's try and count them all out. Do you think we can manage? So there's the North Argyle Trail, the South Fife Snorkel Trail, where we are at right now. What are the other eight? Okay, so, so the other trails we have, um, we have a trail um, in Arran, um, around Arran, which is uh, really beautiful. 
Um, we also have a snorkel trail in Berwickshire. Um, we have the East Lothian Trail as well, which was launched last summer um, with the Scottish Seabird Centre. We have the Loch Aber Trail, which is on the west coast. We have the Moray Firth Trail, which was just launched uh, this summer. We have the uh, North Argyll Trail, which you've been to before, and that's where we first met. Um, we have the North Harris Trail as well. So that's our um, most northernly snorkel trail. Um, and then we have the Northwest Highlands Trail. So that the Northwest Highlands Trail is around the Ullapool area. And that was the very first snorkel trail that was made. And then the last one we have is Torridon. So that was launched last summer um, around the beautiful Torridon Apple Cross area. That so, must be absolutely stunning out there. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, like, I do feel like I have the best job going um, <laughs> in that I get to travel to so many beautiful places all over Scotland and meet so many interesting people who really care about nature and community and, um, you know, connecting people with our, our local environment. It's just it's really special, yeah. Absolutely. Um, definitely a job to be a bit jealous of. <laughs> and then, so let's talk a bit more about the South Fife Snorkel Trail. We are here in Kurthody on the um, on the coast of Fife. If listeners have listened to a recent episode we did about the Dunfermline and West Fife, you know that this area is probably best known for how built up it is. There's quite a lot of villages and, and towns along this coast. It's probably best known for the mining history and the history of engineering, things like the Forth Railway Bridge, things like that. And maybe not so much for nature, or maybe that's just my prejudice cannot hold too many things uh, it, it, together at, at once. But it, I do get the sense it's best known for the human aspect of, of Fife, maybe not so much the nature. What makes the Fife coast, or especially the south coast of Fife, such a special place to get its own snorkel trail. Well, you're right when you say that the Fife Coast is known for its industrial history, but there is also uh, an incredible amount of natural beauty as well. And what interests us a lot is often combining the two, so finding the connections between our natural and cultural heritage, and you know how we can really, you know, bring people along to to, to understand, you know, how our culture has been shaped by nature um, and uh, and our history as well. So um, the Fife Coast, I mean, I should say that all the snorkel sites are along the Fife Coastal Path, um, which is a beautiful route to do. It's always very busy with, you know, people out on bikes, uh, dog walkers, everything else. Um, so it's a great way to actually completely follow the coastline and, and uh, you know, do it in a sustainable way. Um, so that was definitely something that really drew us to the area. But I would say that probably our, our, our biggest draw was working with the Ecology Centre. So the Ecology Centre um, are, are a fantastic community-led uh, project. And the amount of work they do in connecting communities to nature um, and actually in restoration projects as well, you know, with the seagrass work they do, um, it's so inspiring. And yeah, we really wanted to make a trail where we can showcase the incredible beauty um, and also, yeah, we can hopefully get people excited about getting involved in protecting and restoring these areas too. Um, I should say as well, a little bit of personal bias because when I was a child, like I, I loved coming to Fife in the summer as a kid, you know, um, was uh, here for my summer holidays, uh, hopping around the beaches here. So to come back, um, you know, as an adult and, and kind of do it a bit more sort of through work is, yeah, pretty special for me as well. 
I think it also just goes to show that you don't have to travel far up into the Northwest Highlands, as beautiful as they are. Um, you can actually also stay a little bit closer. So many people in Scotland live in Edinburgh and, and Glasgow and, and in between. You don't have to go that far to see beautiful nature and experience uh, coastal wildlife and marine areas that are really, really beautiful and special as well. So that's a good reminder to look close and, and not always have to travel too far. Absolutely. What do you think it means for local people to have that access to these areas and, and create this relationship with marine environments? You've mentioned in a conversation we had earlier, you know, there is this growing disconnect between people and nature. And I think especially with the sea, as we sit here today, it's quite easy to feel disconnected because it does feel like this different world. It's underwater. We can't breathe there. It's a different place that isn't for us and so that disconnect I think is even stronger than it is maybe with the forest that you can walk through quite easily but then how does that kind of affect local communities that there actually is that point of access for them yeah I mean just as you say um, we often see ourselves as separate to nature right you know um, it's about reminding ourselves that we are a part of nature and um, we are all connected and we rely on the natural world um, and we shape the natural world as well and yeah you're right when we sit here on this beautiful uh, coastline and we're looking at the sea you know it is hard to picture what's going on under the waves and it can often be you know out of sight out of mind you know if, especially if someone's living in a very urban area that is away from the coastline you know it, it's easy to forget that we are a maritime nation you know we are and um, the UK is you know um, surrounded by sea and um, Scotland's marine area is actually over six times larger than our land area um, oh, wow. and Scotland has over 60% of UK seas so we have an enormous marine area and there's an incredible amount of life in it and yeah as you say addressing the disconnect with nature so I heard a really interesting sort of comparison it was in a paper and it talked about the extinction of experience basically saying that nature experiences are in decline and you know as a child you know and as an adult as well and we're interacting less with nature and that in itself is a huge threat to biodiversity um, because we're not building those, you know, those special memories and moments and that personal connection to nature that is so important um, to actually protecting what we have. So um, the extinction of experience is actually a big threat to, to our biodiversity. And yeah, this is, all, like I say, all about getting people excited again about what's on our doorstep. And I do think it does matter a lot to communities. It does make a big difference. We think about all the well-being benefits of being by the sea. Sometimes it's called blue health, right? You can call it whatever you want um, if that's too fancy for you. Um, just, you know, calming, relaxing, um, rejuvenating. Yeah, it, it brings all the good stuff. Um, and a snorkel trail as well. We work so closely with communities making the trails um, that we, we want them to benefit communities, um, not just from a well-being aspect, but from a tourism aspect as well and a sustainable tourism aspect. So we want to make sure that we're you know, highlighting the right areas in the right ways and we are sensitive to local people and we're supporting local businesses, but also we're sensitive to local wildlife as well. That's what I really liked and I remember that from the North Argyle Snorkel Trail that it was done with a community consultation as well, making sure that the sites highlighted what you mentioned earlier, have appropriate parking spaces, access to local facilities, local businesses nearby where people can go and grab a coffee or uh, find some souvenirs that are locally made. Um, I think that's just so important and just shows 
it's not just about conserving nature as it is, but it is about building this network and understanding how all of these things are related. Absolutely, yeah. You know, we talk about things like slow tourism, you know, and it's like, you know, trying to encourage people to stop in an area and actually experience it um, rather than just, you know, shoot through to the next place. I was going to ask you how, obviously, we've talked about local communities and the snorkel trails, but then also visitors, how visitors can, or how you envision visitors to use these snorkel trails and, and make use of the highlighted sites on their trips to Scotland. Yeah, so um, we have uh, leaflets available, um, but we also have uh, digital leaflets on our website. So, you know, it, it depends if you're if you're local or if you're a tourist. I imagine that a lot of tourists um, might not be from the area um, and would maybe find the trails on our website. Um, so Scottish Wildlife Trust uh, website, we've got all their trails there. And uh, yeah, hopefully you can use them to kind of complement your plans and kind of, you know, add a bit of something extra to your holiday. We highlight things like places where you can hire local equipment. Um, you know, if you're looking to do something for the day, places where you can maybe, you know, use facilities like showers and toilets and car parks and um, visitor experience centres. And what we really want to do is, as you said, uh, bring people along to that journey where they're connecting with community work and community restoration and engagement work. So, you know, we will highlight things like on this trail, we have the Ecology Centre. And, you know, we want to try and bring people along to the Ecology Centre and learn more about what they do. And maybe if someone's planning a holiday, like, you know, perhaps they want to take part in an event that the Ecology Centre are running. You know, it could be um, a shoreline safari. It could be some seagrass work. Um, and, you know, you're actually giving back on your holiday, right? You're having a good time. You're learning something new. You're maybe doing something you never thought you'd do, getting in the water or whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then you, you're leaving at a better place, right? You know, exactly. we more more and more, I think we're thinking about our impact, aren't we? Um, and about how to be responsible um, and, and how we're, we're acting. So, yeah, I think I would feel pretty good about myself if I was going a wee holiday and then on the side, I managed to actually help a community do something really great. Absolutely. And there's so many different ways and so many things that come to mind from more and more swim and snorkeling coaches and businesses being out there where you can actually have a guided experience but also like you say it's not just about getting in the water there's so many other ways to experience the coasts on a seashore safari um, in visitor centers learning about marine species so there's so many ways that that can enrich and really make that visitor experience an an impactful one in for everybody for yourself as a visitor but also for the communities you're you're visiting and the places you're visiting which i think is really amazing do you have maybe any favourite snorkel experiences or places to snorkel in all over Scotland? So it's so hard to choose, isn't it? So 10 snorkel trails so far and over 60 snorkel sites. And you've uh, been involved with all of them and I'm <laughs> asking you to pick a favourite. That's tricky, tricky. I mean, you always have those in your mind that you've just, you've recently done, that you've recently been at. Um, I'm always looking to the next one as well, you know. I'm like, my favourite is always the one I've got lined up next. Um, so today, we've not got in the water yet. I'm so excited to get in uh, Ravenscraig Beach. But I suppose some other really standout sites for me. Um, I last week actually, I I just got married, um, and I, I got married on a beach in the West Highlands. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and it was a beautiful beach uh, that's on our snorkel trail actually, in our Loch Aber Trail. So um, it's Camastatic and. Wow. I mean, I know I had a lot of sentimental value there too, um, but the, 
the beach and the water, the marine life, completely jaw-droppingly beautiful yeah so that's the last one I did so that one is really in my mind and in my heart for that reason and yeah I mean we've had uh, the Moray Firth Trail that was launched earlier this year stunning coastline you feel like you're you know on the end at the end of the world almost you know like standing over those sea cliffs um, it's so rugged and remote but then also the sites are really well accessible you know um, so d- being part of that trail launch was amazing um, yeah and looking forward to maybe getting across more to the west coast later this summer and um, towards the end of the summer um, so yeah there's there's so many to choose from <laughs> yeah you've told me about snorkeling on Orkney um, because I mentioned that I had been there on a holiday but hadn't really gotten much in the water or my recording equipment out to be honest but I'm going back next year so any tips for snorkeling on Orkney? Well you know it's an interesting one isn't it because sometimes when you say snorkeling and Scotland you will sometimes get some raised eyebrows people will think what really in Scotland really um and when you think of Orkney as well, like being so far north, um, you know, we've told people about the incredible snorkels we had this summer. We were up for the Orkney Nature Festival and we were snorkelling amongst the Churchill barriers uh, just off Scapa Flow. And it was unbelievable. You know, the water was so blue. There were sea urchins there that were enormous. There was so much marine life everywhere. And there was so much history everywhere, you know, when you could actually see these ships coming out of the water and you were snorkelling amongst the ruins and wrecks. It was just unbelievable. Out of this world, it sounds incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, as you say, like a lot of people maybe just don't appreciate that that's there for them, that they could, they could do that. Um, and I'd say that if you have the right equipment, you know, you, there's a lot you can do. Um, make sure you've got a really good wetsuit make sure you've got you know some protective clothing like boots gloves um, a hood is always helpful and uh, yeah you know making sure you're not in the water too long um, making sure you're always um, with a person with a with a second person you should never snorkel alone things like that Um, but the snorkel season for me like I I typically look to snorkel between probably if personally around kind of March to October is like mm-hmm. the best time I do know people who will do it out with that season and I know people who'll do it without wetsuits oh. as well <laughs> you know those um really uh, really hardcore wild swimmers out there but personally and you know you know as an organization we would always recommend a wetsuit it is gonna make it more enjoyable being yeah. warmer you know I and agree it's safer you can be in the water longer protects you from jellyfish stings so many benefits to wearing a wetsuit when snorkeling in in scotland i actually have a snorkeling guide on my website watch me see as well so i'll pop the link to that in the show notes with a lot of the tips that you've also just mentioned about protective equipment what to wear what to bring and how to stay safe in the water particularly around not going on your own and and things like that so we'll pop the link to that there so you can do it safely and and enjoy as many snorkeling sessions as um, possible the reason also why i'm asked i asked about orkney is not just for my selfish reasons i know that you're also developing a, a snorkel trail for orkney and and another one uh, on the west coast do you maybe want to 
tease a little bit what listeners and visitors of Scotland can expect with future snorkel trails? Yeah, so I suppose watch this space, you know, we're making some more trails. We're working with communities, as you say, in Orkney um, to um, make an Orkney snorkel trail, hopefully that will launch next year. We're still in the very early stages of that, but we've had some amazing conversations with communities across Orkney who are really excited about it um, and the benefits it will bring um, in supporting their local work. So, yeah, that sounds really, really promising. And we're um, we've actually, there's been a bit of a fundraiser for that, which has been quite exciting. Exciting. Um, there was a, a lovely couple who were getting married and uh, they decided to raise some money to create this trail. So um, that's quite exciting. And then on the West Coast, uh, we will have the Small Isles Snorkel Trail. Um, so we're working with the Small Isles Community Council. So that's covering muck, egg, rum and canna. And uh, we're hoping to have a snorkel trail we can launch next summer. Um, again, still very early stages, but those are in the works. Fantastic. More and more snorkel sites identified all over Scotland um, can only be a good thing in, in my books. How can people stay up to date with future developments of snorkel trails and with the Scottish Wildlife Trust? How can they keep up with what you're up to? Sure. So um, I would recommend checking out our website for the Scottish Wildlife Trust. Um, you can sign up to our e-newsletter where we'll share like great updates about snorkel trail launches, things like that. Uh, we also have a lot of really great blog posts that we put up on our website. And um, our most recent blog post that we popped up there, which was about a youth event we had, Gen C. Um, we had that at the Seabird Centre in August. And um, we also have a little sign up at the bottom of that blog uh, to sign up to the Living Seas newsletter. So um, we even have a little newsletter just for our project. So um, if you'd like to keep up to date, then you can even sign up to that one. But the General Trust one will cover you as well. Um, you can also check us out on social media. So um, Scottish Wildlife Trust, we are on all your usual channels. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, so yeah, you can find us everywhere. Amazing. That's, that's the place to be then. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time and telling me more about the snorkel trails. We're going to get in the water very shortly, I think. Hopefully the sun sticks around and see some of the fantastic sights here on the South 5 snorkel trail ourselves. Thank you so much, Louise. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming, Cathy, and thanks for the chat. After recording my conversation with Eloise, we all got into our wetsuits and explored the bay of Ravens Creek Beach with our snorkels. Lyle Boyle from the Ecology Centre in Kinghorn led the way. He was one of the people who created the South Fife Snorkel Trail, which contains five recommended snorkel sites around Kinghorn and Kirkcaldy. Ravens Creek Beach is one of them. There are two snorkel areas on either side of the castellated turret along the shore. One is a little bit more sheltered and suitable for beginners. The ground is sandy here and littered with critters. I see hermit crabs dragging their empty shells across the seafloor as the sunshine forms a dancing grid of rays all around them. And sand mason worms that look like miniature trees, poking their stumpy bodies out of the sand, swaying their ornate feathery crowns in the current. They get their name because they build a protective tube around their soft bodies using grains of sand and pieces of shells. Further along the coast, on the other side of the turret, a second snorkel area is more exposed to the power of the waves. Here, we explore the smoothed sandstone gullies leading away from the shore. The rocks provide structure to which life can attach itself. 
There are seaweeds and limpets, crabs and fish. After an hour or so, we get out of the water again. Back on dry land and in dry clothes, I briefly sit down with Lyle to hear more about his work at the Ecology Centre and the South Fife Snorkel Trail. Can you talk a little bit about the development of the trail, how you picked the sites and kind of what motivated you to do it as well? So the reason why I looked towards establishing a snorkel trail network for the coastline here was to provide a route for people from Fife to access spaces that they wouldn't have normally accessed before and build that appreciation with their marine spaces. A lot of people like to paddle in the water here, but not fully immerse themselves in what riches lie beneath the waters. Yeah, so by providing uh, designated sites along the coast, uh, people know where it's safe and accessible to get in the water, and that people have already snorkeled those areas, that they, they feel a bit more safe getting into the waters there. So I did it uh, on the back of, of the work that I do. I was really hoping to, to yeah, just strengthen people's connection with the sea and then feed into the work that we're doing so we can engage them in, in, in snorkeling, but then also looking to restoring some of the areas outside the snorkel trail that could potentially one day feature in the snorkel trail if we ever think to, to, to rebrand it and um, look back at modifying it. So the, the places that I have chosen, uh, I chose locations where there are large communities already present. So in Kirkcaldy and Kinghorn, there are large communities who use those beaches. So we hope by selecting areas where they already engage in, they can start to broaden um, their engagement with that area and especially with, with actually immersing themselves, putting on a mask, get some fins on and going a bit further than what they're normally used to. And that could hopefully change their attitudes with what they want to protect. Once you know uh, what lives out in the sea, you get a stronger connection, a stronger emotional feel, uh, a, a stronger appreciation for what there is and hopefully changing your mindset when it comes to to what it means to you and why you should protect it. So this was a lot of the rationale of, of my approach with developing and designing the snorkel trails. So yeah, like we said, with like I said, I've chosen Kirkcaldy and Kinghorn um, because they're the, our closest coastal communities. Um, the site selection, I was hoping to to give a broad range of suitability. So from people who have never snorkeled before, there's a few good beginner zones where they could hone in their skills, develop their snorkeling technique. Uh, and then once they're feeling a bit more confident, there's a series of advanced sites, which are a little bit further out, either via walking or swimming. Uh, so once people have built up that competency, uh, they can go off and explore places that are slightly richer in marine life. Two of our sites, which are slightly further away, Hockmatok near Kinghorn, and Seafield Tower present good rocky outcrops, which are just havens for marine life. Uh, the hard rock provides good suitable substrate in order for kelp to, to adhere to, so they're holdfast of something uh, material to grasp onto. And once that kelp comes in, there's a richness that comes along with it. The urchins that like to feed on it, the starfish that like to hide underneath it, and then all the, the fish species, uh, the whiting, uh, the haddock, the pollock, um, and all the sand deals. So the sand deals, typical times of the year, the summer, we start to see them all come in quite close to shore. Uh, and it's those sites in particular where we see large aggregations of, of the sand deals coming in. And of course, the sand deals are such an important species for so many of the seabirds, particularly as well. I'm thinking of the puffins that aren't too far away on the Isle of May that really depend on that stock um, to, to be healthy and, and, and has have that space. Um, I like what you said about, you know, the different kinds of 
areas for beginners and maybe more advanced snorkels and even the two areas that we snorkeled in today you know from the very sheltered sandy bay to the more rocky um like you said the the quarries that are formed by the rocks there and it's 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 so nice to see these places because from out here all you see is the blue sea which is beautiful but it it does develop that kind of disconnect of not really knowing what's underneath and it can feel quite scary I was always very scared of the sea when I was a child um, but putting on that snorkel mask gives me a completely different um, access to that space and you know swimming across the bay is not something I would do without a mask but with the snorkel mask all of a sudden it just seems like the most logical thing and the most beautiful experience as well yeah it's that confidence yeah once you know once you can actually perceive and see what's around you that that fear slowly dissolves away. And it was the same with myself. It was, yeah, an anxiety of uh, spending time in the water, not knowing what's underneath you. And it's until you put on that mask, that barrier is removed. Yeah, and we saw big crabs and hermit crabs and the sand mason worms and all sorts of species that I might have missed because I don't know how to identify them. But yeah, it's quite exciting once you, you slow down and you just hover all the things you can see. Well, that's what we're really wanting to achieve from here because... Yeah, a lot of people who think they live in quite a built-up urban area don't think there's wildness very close to home. Uh, and I think this is proof that there is a variety, a richness of life so close to, to where you normally walk your dog or go for a walk. There is, there's just so much waiting to be, to be seen. Uh, Absolutely. So what do you hope that local people take away from maybe checking out one of the snorkeling sites or maybe learning more about the Ecology Centre and your work? What do you hope? people take away from that i just want people to get into the waters uh and be amazed with what's what's in the waters here because like we spoke of earlier earlier on that people go abroad to swim in the waters Mm. it's fantastic uh fantastic seas here with a bounty of life just waiting to be to be explored so the, the first one is just marine literacy getting in exploring what's there going home researching what species did i see and getting that excitement of looking forward to your next snorkel so yeah, hopefully when people get in the waters and know that the trails have been developed by the Ecology Centre, it provides them a, a, another reason to go visit a local charity that's striving to do good work in the sea, on the coast and in our terrestrial environments. So hopefully that feeds back uh, and there's a bit more of a, uh, a an inquiry from our local residents to come up and see our site. you enjoyed these conversations about Scotland's snorkel trails and our brief excursion to one of the snorkel sites on the South Fife Snorkel Trail. As Eloise mentioned, the Scottish Wildlife Trust is currently developing even more snorkel trails in different parts of Scotland. You can learn more about the Ecology Centre in Kinghorn on their website or follow them on Instagram at the Ecology Centre. For tips on snorkel safety, where to go, what to wear and how to do it responsibly, check out my Snorkel in Scotland guide on watchmesee.com. In the full show notes on our website, we are sharing more links to resources about snorkeling in Scotland. And in this week's newsletter, I'm sharing my exact kit list of everything I bring for an enjoyable snorkeling experience in and out the water. And with this, I send you off to dream about your own trip to one of Scotland's snorkel trails, maybe even one of the sites on the coast of South Fife. 
Next week, we're continuing our theme of responsibly exploring Scotland's coasts. But this time, we're staying firmly on dry land. I hope you'll tune in again. Thank you so much for listening to Welt for Scotland. Welt for Scotland is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten path. The show is written and hosted by me, Kathy Kamleitner. Thanks to Fran Tarajskis, who's the co-producer and editor, and does the sound design. Michelle Payne and Anessa Matanda Mambingo are supporting us with social media and transcripts. Podcast art is by Lizzie Vaughan Knight, and all original music is composed by Bruce Wallace. Until next time, when we travel to a different watery place in Scotland. If you're still here, listening all the way to the very end, it means you've probably got your hands full. So let me take this opportunity to remind you that I don't just write immersive travel stories. I also plan unforgettable itineraries for Scotland. And it's never been easier to follow one of my routes. Head to watchmecsee.com forward slash shop to browse my ready-made Scotland itineraries and turn your travel dreams into reality.